Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. It's great to see you today in our Christmas Eve service here at Rican Church of God. My name is Pastor Les. I'm the lead pastor here, and it is great to see a full house here on Christmas Eve. We are so thankful to have you with us today. I see so many people today who are friends and family who are worshiping with uh, someone that you've come into town with to celebrate this Christmas season with, and we're glad that you chose to be with us today for, uh, for Christmas Eve worship. And it is our prayer as a church family here at Ringer Church of God that you have a safe, healthy, and Christ-centered Christmas. Well, we are here, y'all. I hope you're ready because less than 24 hours, this thing is going to be on called Christmas Day. And uh, anybody fired up? Does anybody still have to make a Walmart run? If you do, I'm, we believe in the power of prayer. We're going to ask you to stand and those who are around you lay hands on you that you will uh, survive and not cuss anybody out, keep your sanctification and all that good stuff. Well, as you saw in the video, Christmas, as we've been saying over the last few weeks, it has all the feels. There's no holiday like Christmas. Christmas has uh, its own soundtrack, its own menu, its own sights, its own sounds. And over the last few weeks, we've been unpacking what that means in this series called Do You Hear What I Hear? We've been following the pattern of the classical Christmas song. Week one, we asked the question, do you hear what I hear? Last week, we asked the question, do you see what I see? And today, we're going to wrap it up by asking the question, do you know what I know? And so we're going to begin today by testing your knowledge of parts of the Christmas story. But I'm actually going to do that with some special guests that we have with us this morning. Let's everybody put our hands together and welcome our Kids City kids who are here with us in service today. We're so glad to have our Kids City kids with us today. And so I want four kids today uh, that are going to help me out with my message today. And you're just going to have to answer some very easy questions. I see a hand back there. Yes, sir. Landon, is that you? I'm kind of blinded by the light. Um, this young man right here, uh, right here, yes sir, Liam, and then I'll take this young man back here, and let's go all guys right here, let's see how the men are doing this morning, mighty men of God to be, raise your, give them a hand, come on, stand on one, two, three, or four, it doesn't matter, just pick a number, any number, and uh, come on up here, uh, young man, and we're going to put you on number three, all right, so, uh, so tell everybody your name. My name is Liam Creek. All right. What's your name? Ethan. Ethan. Your name is? Jackson Faulkner. And your name is? Landon. Landon. Okay. All right. So we're going to ask these guys some questions. And there is a prize for every question you get right. Let me find my questions. You can, uh, you can have a little Debbie Christmas tree cake for every question you get right. All right. <laughs> Sorry, parents. All right, here's, here's the question, all right? I'm going to start here, and we're going to go down, all right? So, Liam, your question is this. What was Jesus' mom's name? Mary. Mary, all right? He got it, all right? Good job. All right? Ethan, right? What was Jesus' 
earthly father's name? Okay, well, I'm going to give you that. Okay, he said God, all right? What about his dad on earth? Do you remember his name? Mary and You got it. Good job, dude. Good job. All right? All right, Jackson. This is a little bit tougher. What was Jesus' cousin's name who came before him? He was born just about six months before him. His last name is The Baptist. Help him out, everybody. John the Baptist, okay? Jesus' cousin, all right? All right, Landon, your question is, do you know what the name of the angel is that appeared to all these people in the Christmas story? What was his name? Starts with a G. Gabriel, you got it. Good job, all right? Very good, all right? All right, so, um, so I'll start on this end this time, Landon. I'll start with you now. That first round of Do You Know What I Know, I didn't tell you that was names. This round is called Visitors, okay? So Landon, what group of people were the first to visit baby Jesus? The what? Okay, the first ones. Before the wise men came, the what? Rhymes with peppers. Shepherds, you got it, you got it. All right. All right, Jackson. Who told the shepherds where to find Jesus? You got it. Good job, the angels, all right? Okay. All right. Your question is, what led the wise men to Jesus? What did the wise men see that led them to Jesus? The star. He got it. Very good. And... Liam, how many gifts did the wise men give to Jesus? Three. Three. All right. We're doing great. We're doing great. We're doing great. Okay, one more round. Do you know what I know? And this is a pretty tough round, okay? So we're doing great so far, all right? So, Liam, I'll, I'll begin with you. What is the name of the town that Jesus was born in? Bethlehem. He got it. Very easy. He even paused. Bethlehem. All right? All right, this is a tough. Jackson, I'm going to give you this one. Name... There's two books of the Bible that the stories of Jesus' birth are found in. Name either book. There's 66. Just pick one. <laughs> You're real close. It's another one of the Gospels. Psalms. Nope. Go back to the New Testament. Everybody help him out. Luke, or we would also accept Matthew, all right? Okay, all right. That was a tough question. These, these are tough questions, all right? Um, all right. Do you know what the name Emmanuel means? You don't? Everybody help him out. Emmanuel means? All right. And Landon, you got the final question today. This is the most important question of the day. Why did Jesus come? He did. He came to die on the cross to save us for our sins. Give, us, give these guys a big hand this morning. And because it's Christmas and you guys did so great, we're going to pretend like you got all three questions right. Very good, guys. Very good. Give them one more hand.
All right, you guys can have a seat. You can't eat those until after church, okay? I don't want to see any crumbs over there where you're sitting. So let me ask you guys this question this morning. How did those boys know the answer to those questions? They knew the answer to those questions based on what they had heard and seen. At some point, they've heard their parents or their grandparents or their kid city pastor teach them this story. Perhaps they've seen a, a video or seen a coloring book or an activity. And, and that leads us into the key thought I want you to walk away with today, and that's simply this. What we hear and see establishes what we know and believe. What we hear and see establishes what we know and believe. There's a famous Christmas movie quote that goes along with the idea that what we know is based on what we hear and see. It comes from the deep theological mind of Buddy the Elf. And some of you remember when, uh, when uh, the manager was letting everybody know that Santa was coming the next day. Buddy enthusiastically responds with this three-word phrase, which was what? I know him. See, now some of y'all know that more than you knew some of these parts of this Bible story. I got some work to do, right? Because of what Buddy had heard and seen, it influenced what he knew. What we hear and see establishes what we know and believe. Amen? Well, we're not here today to focus on Santa. We're here to focus on the central figure of Christmas, and that is Jesus Christ. And the New Testament provides us a variety of stories from people who were eyewitnesses to the life and ministry of Jesus. And what they heard and saw in person resulted in them knowing Jesus on a personal level. None of the people who had a, a connection with Jesus was quite like John the disciple. Nobody documented their experiences more than John. John wrote one of the Gospels. John wrote three letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. John wrote the final book in your Bible, the book of Revelation. John was one of 12 disciples. John was one of three in Jesus' inner circle. John was the only one who was at the foot of the cross when Jesus was being crucified. John was given the responsibility of looking after Jesus' mother, Mary. So today, as we answer the question, do you know what I know, I want us to turn to what is not a normal passage for Christmas Eve morning, but I want you to go with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can follow along with the points of the Scriptures. 1 John is five books away from the very end of the Bible. It's a small letter that John wrote to a group of believers who were dealing with some false teaching in the church. And he wrote this letter to assure them uh, of their salvation and give them some instruction about false teaching. So we're going to look at the first four verses of 1 John chapter 1. John says, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. 
And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually heard and seen so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. So let me ask you something this morning. Think about a courtroom. Who has the most powerful voice in a courtroom? It's not the district attorney. It's not the defense attorney. I'll tell you today, I don't think it's the judge. The most powerful voice in the courtroom is the voice of the eyewitness. The person who walks to the stand and says, I saw with my own eyes, and I can describe in my own words, I heard and saw what we're talking about. And I can give you a clear example of that. Well, you might say that John is in this role of being the eyewitness. And I want us to look at this verse again, and I actually want you to read it with me. And I want us to consider the words of John as if he has taken the witness stand to testify to what he has heard and seen about Jesus. Okay, are you with me? Yeah. All right, I got one with me. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. There you are. Let that sugar kick in. So as we read this, I want you to notice those words that are eyewitness words. Here we go. Everybody reading together. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Good, y'all didn't have to read that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> One might say that John's testimony is an awful lot like the song, Do You Hear What I Hear? Do you see what I see? Do you know what I know? And so based on that passage today, I want to share with you three things that I think John would say to us if he was on trial for the person and work of Jesus Christ in his life. And yes, we are going to tie this to Christmas. Don't worry. I think John would say three things. I heard the truth. I saw the miracles. And I know the Savior. First of all, John would sit in that witness stand chair and he would say, I heard the truth. Over the last four weeks, we've spent time in this room hearing the truth about the Christmas story. We started the first Sunday of the month with the youth movement leading us in a powerful day of worship. And they, they sang and declared the praises of God and sang that truth the second week. 
the, uh, the, the kids did an incredible job with Harry King Live. And if, and if you want to go back and watch that over the next 24 hours, I'm sure you'd have fun watching that. And we, we, we talk about eyewitnesses that morning. We heard from a donkey, a goose, a sheep, and a camel who were eyewitnesses to the birth of Jesus. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about characters in the story like Zechariah, Mary, and Joseph, and the shepherds who received this supernatural truth from the angels. They heard the truth. But what about John? Twice in verse 1 and verse 3, John mentions what he had heard. Watch this. He says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have what? Heard. Then he goes on in verse 3, he says, We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and what? John is saying, you want to know what I know. What I know about Jesus is based on what I've heard. And considering John's resume, that he was one of the twelve and one of the, the three in Jesus' small group, and everything that he was surrounded by, Jesus' teaching is where John got what he heard. Think about this. John heard the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes. John heard Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus that he records in John chapter 3. He's the only one to record this conversation, by the way, where we have the most quoted verse in all of Scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. John heard the I Am statements of Jesus and was the only one Gospel writer to record, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the door. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. John heard Jesus teaching on servanthood as he bent down and washed the disciples' feet the night before he went to the cross. John heard Jesus teaching on the vine and the branches. John heard Jesus teaching on the Holy Spirit. John heard Jesus teaching as he was ascending to heaven in that last moment. Everything John heard convinced him of what he says to us in 1 John chapter 1. And let's just review real quick what he said. He said this, John said, based on what I've heard, Jesus is the one. Put that on the screen. John says, based on what I've heard, we proclaim to you that Jesus is the one. He's not a way, he is the way. Thank you. That's a good place on Christmas Eve to say amen. Let's try that again. He's not a way, he's the way. He is the one, the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to get to God. John said, based on what I've heard, Jesus is the one, and then he adds to that, who has existed from the beginning. John connects the dots from Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and let us make man in our image, in our likeness. He connects that to the opening words of John chapter 1, the gospel, where he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what, and the Word was God. He says, The one who existed from the beginning. John says in verse 2, based on what I've heard and seen, Jesus is life itself. He says in verse uh, 4 of John, his gospel, in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. John says, based on what I've heard, 
Jesus is not only life itself, Jesus is eternal life. John would be the one in John 10, 10 to, to mark the words of Jesus when he said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. John says, based on what I've heard, Jesus was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. Jesus was the one eternal. He was with the Father and then he was revealed to us. And he says in 1 John 14 like this, the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we've seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came down from the father John's sitting around the table the night before Jesus goes to the cross and Philip leans over and says Jesus if you'll just show us the father we'll believe and Jesus looks at Philip and he says this don't you know me Philip even after I've been among you such a long time anyone who has seen me has seen the father John leans across that box in the courtroom and he said, Did you hear what I heard? I heard that Jesus is the one, that he's the one who existed from the beginning, that he's life itself, that he is eternal life, that he was with the Father, and that he was revealed to us. And John says, I heard the truth. And what I've heard and what I have seen establishes what I know and what I believe. We live in a culture today that has much to say about truth, but not much very definitive. Culture says to us, live your truth. Culture says truth is relative. Culture says define your truth according to your own will and your own way. But Jesus Christ steps out of heaven into earth and says, I am the way and the truth and the life. In John 8, 32, he said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In John 16, 13, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. You want to know why our culture is in the mess that it is in with no truth guide? It's because the people outside of the church aren't walking in and understand what it's like to walk under the power of the the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm going to preach on Christmas Eve. I'm telling you, that's what you pay me to do, right? Here we go. John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. Is there anyone here this morning on Christmas Eve who's heard the truth of the gospel and it's transformed your life? Anybody here who's heard the truth and found freedom? Let me hear an Amen. Anybody here who's found truth of the gospel to be the truth to build a foundation for your life on, let me hear a praise the Lord. Anybody found the truth of this word able to guide and order and direct your steps on the good days and on the bad days? I want to say like John did in the box, I heard the truth and the truth has transformed my life. Amen. What we hear and what we see establishes what we know and what we believe. Then John says, I got another thing I want to say. Not only have I heard the truth, I saw the miracles. We've talked about the miracles over the last month that surround the story of Christmas. The miracles of 
pregnancy at an old age for Zechariah and Elizabeth. The miracle of the pregnancy of a virgin girl named Mary. The miraculous sign of angels, a choir of angels appearing to a bunch of old, rusty, driven, dirty, nasty shepherds out in the field. The miracle of a star that would lead three magi from the east to find the toddler Jesus. But what about John? Four times in this passage, you probably noticed that he mentioned specifically what he had seen. He says, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning whom we've heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He's the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. So my question for John would be, so John, what did you see? What convinced you, John, that what you're saying today is real? John would say, well, let me tell you what I saw. I saw miracles. John would say, I'm the only one to write about the first miracle when Jesus turned water into wine. John would say, I was there when an official son was almost dead and Jesus reached out and touched him and raised him to health. Jesus John would say, I was there with Jesus when we walked to a pool and saw an invalid who had been laying there for 38 years. And Jesus spoke to him and said, rise, get up and walk. John would say, I was there when Jesus fed the 5,000. And I was there the next day when Jesus walked on the water and calmed the sea. John would say, I was there when Jesus healed the man born blind. John would say, I was the only one to write about it in John chapter 11 when Jesus stepped to the tomb of his friend Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth. He would say, I was there on the morning after, weeks or so after Jesus' resurrection when we had gone back to fishing and we couldn't catch a thing. And Jesus said, how about you try the other side of the boat? And we experienced another miraculous catch of fish. Mr. District Attorney, you want to know why I believe what I believe? John would say, I saw the miraculous. And he would write it like this in 1 John chapter 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And watch this. He said, we have seen his glory. We saw it. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. Not only did John testify about the miracles of Jesus. But he would testify as the only disciple who was at the foot of the cross. And he would say these words. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he's talking about himself. He said to her, woman, here's your son, and the disciple, here's your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. John said, let me tell you about the character, the miraculous character of this man named Jesus who is dying and giving his life for all humanity. He's taking the wrath of our sin upon himself. And in that moment, he's telling me to make sure that I take care of his mother. Jesus' greatest miracle would be one that John would witness in John chapter 20, verse 8, when it says, finally, the other disciple, talking about himself, who had reached the tomb first, went inside. And he said, I went inside the empty tomb, and I what, church? I saw and I believed. 
He would say later on in John chapter 20 on the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together and the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they, come on somebody, when they saw the Lord. John's closing statement of the Gospel of John kind of says it all. You want to talk about all he heard and seen. His epilogue says this. Jesus did many other things as well. We saw a lot of other things, John said. And he said, if we were to write them all down, I suppose, that the world wouldn't contain the books of everything that we saw Jesus do. What we hear and see establishes what we know and believe. So John would lean in this morning and ask us, do you, do you know what I know? Do you see the miracles that I have seen? Anybody seen any miracles in your life? Anybody say, I've seen a true miracle in my life? Anybody seen any miracles just in the year 2023? I'm not talking about ones that happened 40, 50, 30 years ago. Anybody seen a miracle happen in your life? Raise your hand up high this morning. You saw a miracle happen in your life this year. I hope you're looking around, folks. Anybody seen the miraculous and God restore a marriage? Let me see your hand up today. Anybody seen miraculous provision for your family? Let me see your hand up today. Anybody seen the miraculous of healing in your body or somebody? that you prayed for. Let me see your hand today. Anybody see the miraculous of a prodigal that came home? Let me see your hand today. Anybody see the miraculous of direction and guidance to order your steps? Let me see your hand today. When we lean in and hear John, we can say, John, I'm with you, buddy. I have heard the truth and I have seen miracles in my life. Amen. I heard the truth, I saw the miracles, and finally he finishes up and he says, I, because I heard the truth, and because I saw the miracles, I know the Savior. I know the Savior. Over the last month, as we've looked at the Christmas story, here's what we've learned. We've learned that people like Zechariah and Elizabeth had such an encounter. We're already people of God, but they knew who Jesus was. That Mary and Joseph, the parents of Jesus, would, would learn and understand that their son was actually the Savior of the world. Those very shepherds, I, I've talked about this every week in the series, and it stuck out to me so much. Those very shepherds who would leave the, uh, the manger after the visit, they said everything was as we had been told. It was as we saw it, as we heard it. It was exactly as the angel told us. We know we have had an encounter with the Savior, with the Lord, with the Christ, with the Messiah. And so what about John? In the passage we read this morning, I'll just go ahead and tell you, if you're really paying attention today, what you've noticed, John doesn't use the word no, and he doesn't use the word Savior. So, Pastor, how can you say on the witness stand, he would say, I know the Savior. Well, I want you to see what he says in John 1.1, again, 1 John 1.1, there's a word in there that, y'all, it's just been chewing away at me all week long, and I've waited all week to get right here. 
We proclaim to you what existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. We saw him with our own eyes and we touched him with our own hands. We saw him with our own eyes and we touched him. With our own hands. How many of you went to a concert or a sporting event at any time this year? Raise your hand. One you had to pay for. I'm not talking about rec ball. <laughs> One you had to pay money for. Let me see hands. Hands up. Hands up. Went to a concert or a sporting event at some, some point this year. Okay, that, That's a lot of us in the room. I would, I would venture to say, let, let me ask this question. How many of you that went to that sporting event or that concert got to shake hands or meet a ball player or a singer or a musician? Let me see your hands. Raise your hand. Okay? All right. That that's went to one hand that I saw. And I guarantee you that one hand had to pay to go shake that hand of that singer, musician, football player, stand there for 10 seconds. And then be shoved off so the next person could come in and get the picture. That, that might be how it happened. Unless they knew that person personally. I got to thinking about this. How many times do we go to sporting events or concerts? And what do we show up and do? do? We, we see and... Are you with me this morning? And what do we do? We see and we hear. But how often do we get to touch the football player or the... Or the, or the baseball player, or the musician, or the singer, or the person that we very, very uh, slim chance that that's going to happen. But John here is talking about something so much different. He said, I heard him, I saw him, and I touched him. Spent time with him. I put my arms around him. He hugged me and I hugged him. We walked through life together. I touched him and he touched me. I saw him reach out and touch somebody else and their eyes become open. And you're lame. Now you're going to walk. Stand up. I heard him say the word, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Go. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He heard, but this is different. I touched him. And when I was at my lowest point, he touched me. John said, and the night before Jesus went to the cross, he, he laid his head over on Jesus. He knew something was up. And Jesus didn't push him away. He said, I, I touched him. Thank you, guys. I saw him. I heard him. But I touched him. And as a result of touching him, he said, I, I knew him. The power of touch. See, touch indicates something. It indicates relationship. It indicates connection. And John goes on at the very last part of this verse to say this. We proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard Here's why I'm testifying to this, John says. So that you may have fellowship with us. 
And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I'm telling you all of this for one reason. We have fellowship with the Father, and I want you to have that same type of fellowship that we have with the Father. The word fellowship in the Greek, watch this, is the word koinonia. Everybody say koinonia. You learned a Greek word today. If you've heard any preaching, you've heard this before. This is one of the most commonly talked about words because it's found so often in so many different variety of places in the New Testament. But this is where John uses it. And he said, we have fellowship with the Father. We have close association. We have partnership. We have community with the Father. So John on the witness stand would say, you know what, you, you want to know what I know. I know what it's like to hear Jesus. I know what it's like to see Jesus. There's a lot of people who saw Jesus. A lot of people who sit in the stands and, and, and heard Jesus. But I knew him. I had a personal relationship with him. And here's something we don't need to miss today in the middle of this message. And that is that First John chapter 1 with the book of First John was likely written 55 to 65 years after Jesus had ascended to heaven. Why is that important? It's important because it tells me that John isn't just talking about the personal one-on-one touched him. He's saying he's been gone for 55, 65 years, but I still live, walk in fellowship with my Jesus. Oh, is anybody hearing what I'm saying this morning? How is that possible? It's because John was walking in obedience to the truth that only John would record in John 15. The truth that we've been preaching from the first Sunday of this year. And today I'll finish it up with this. Abide in me and I in you. A branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. How is this possible 55, 65 years after Jesus has ascended to heaven that John is talking about this type of close fellowship that he has? He maybe is just connecting the dots to what his buddy Matthew said in Matthew 1.23 when he quoted Isaiah 7.14 when the prophet said, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and you will call him what? Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Matthew would connect the dots in Matthew 1, 23 and said, This is that that was talked about prophetically by Isaiah. Jesus is coming to be Emmanuel, God with us. I saw him, I touched him, I heard him, and I abide in him, and he abides with me. How? Because of what else Jesus unpacked when he said, I'll ask the Father. And he'll give you another advocate to help you to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. This is where the Holy Spirit steps into the Christmas picture. And long after Jesus is already gone, he walks with us. He talks with us. He encourages us. He leads us. He guides us. He is our comforter, our counselor, our 
advocate the reason why we can have fellowship and communion with a God who left this planet 2,000 years ago is because he is Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Anybody know what it's like not to just come to church but be in a relationship with Emmanuel? See, we can check the box. We can come on Christmas Eve because it's what we do on Christmas Eve. We can come on Easter because it's what we do on Easter. But do we walk it out every day of our lives? We can walk it out every day of our lives because we can, as John did, we can say, I know, I know the Savior. Trust if you'll send Evan in to play, we'll wrap this up. So he, he says this at the end. He says, I he, he includes it all with this one statement. He said, we are writing these things so that you may fully share our what, somebody? The first line of maybe the most popular Christmas song of all time starts with that word, what? Joy to the world. And what is joy to the world? Well, John tells us, Joy to the world is the things I'm talking to you about right here. Joy to the world, I'm telling you this so you may fully share with our joy. Over the next 24, 48 hours, you're going to be around a tree that looks like this. You're going to share some gifts with family and friends. And we're going to do what we do at Christmas, right? And inevitably, I'll get it out. Inevitably, inevitably, I have a lot of words I'm working on. I said visitor right today. That was a miracle for me. Inevitably, we will all get some gifts that we don't like. We look at it and it's like, okay, it's, you know, we'll... We'll unwrap it, we'll look at it, we'll say thank you, but it's not something we will use. It's not something we really like. It's not something that's our style, and we have a choice. We're either going to try to go back and exchange it, or we're going to just drop it off at Acts 3, or we're going to slide it under the, uh, under the couch or the bed and forget it's there till nine more months, or we'll put it in a special place where we can re-gift it to somebody else. You guys know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people this year at Christmas who are going to unwrap Jesus. And they may even say, thank you for the good message today. Thank you for the service today, but I believe I'll pass because I can't use him. Well, in the name Emmanuel, God with us, God has given us his son that we can use that every day He wants to step into every minute and every hour of our lives and transform the way we think, the way we talk. Let us be able to see and hear and know Him in a way like we never have before. And so today, I, I want to say like John did, the reason why we preach and talk about all of this today is simply so that you may share in our joy. Rankin Church of God, I praise God for what He's doing in this house. 
this has been an incredible year. Two weeks from today, we will celebrate in a special way the year 2023 and we'll turn the corner and I will share with you our vision for 2024 and we'll launch 21 days of prayer and fasting. I thank God for what He's doing in this house, what He's doing on this campus, what He's doing in Kid City and the youth movement, what He's doing in this room. This is a place that I feel confident as your pastor to say, this is a place of joy. God's doing good things here. We're not perfect. Stay around long enough, you figure that out. you man you keep your pastor humble but here's what our heart is watch this this is how John closes out and I want you to see the message version because it's just so perfectly the way I want this is what my heart is for you what my heart is for this community what my heart is for you and your family we saw it we heard it and now we're telling you so that you can experience it along with us this experience of communion with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing you is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. And your joy will double our joy. Nothing to add to that. Father, we thank You today. Thank You today for Your presence. Thank You for the day that You've given us to be able to celebrate You. Thank You that this place is packed with people who have come to hear Your Word and to experience you on Christmas Eve and Jesus my prayer today Lord is if there's anybody who's here in this place Lord who is far from you who's walked away from their relationship with you Lord maybe they've heard maybe they've seen but they don't know you in a personal way God I pray that you would draw their hearts to you today and God that you would begin to transform them from the inside out in Jesus name with every head bowed and every eye closed. I want to ask a question today. Is there anybody here this morning who would say, Pastor, I am am not walking in fellowship with Jesus. I've heard and I've seen, but I don't know the Savior. I'm I'm kind of viewing it from the outside looking in. And and today, will you pray with me that I will Make a commitment to Jesus. I I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I need to be in fellowship with Him. I've been trying it my way in 2023 and it's not working. I want it to be different moving forward. Anybody would say that today. If you'll raise your hand and put it right back down. I promise not to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you right where you're at. I see one, two hands this morning. Three hands, four hands. Anybody else today say, Pastor, you're talking to me. You're talking to me today, Pastor. I need to, I need to be in fellowship with Jesus. I, I'm, so, I'm so thankful to see these hands raised today because as John said, it is our joy to share this message with you. And we believe today that through the power of God that your life can be transformed. The Scripture says, all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. 
So we're going to pray a prayer today and four or five people who just raised their hand are going to make a decision to make Jesus the Lord of their life. And if you didn't raise your hand and you want to pray that prayer, you can pray it with us today. Everybody praying together, nobody praying alone. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he took my sins to the cross. I believe he died in my place. I believe you raised him to life. I'd like to trust him now as my Savior. I'd like to follow him as Lord. From this day forward, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give God praise today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, your next step is to tell somebody that you came with. Shoot me an email, see me, I'll be right up here after church. Be glad to pray with you, talk to you more. Find a church. If you've not, you've found it. Be a part of what God's doing here at Ringing Church of God. Now, I want us to close today celebrating what we've been talking about all day, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Can we stand together? And if you have your communion, will you grab that real quick? And we're going to receive communion together today. If you did not receive elements as you came in, if you'll raise your hand up high, the ushers are coming through today. If you did not receive any elements, there's some down here, some over here. And as you grab the elements this morning, if you'll turn them upside down and expose the side that has bread on it. Take that bread out and hold it in your hand. Parents, help your kids today. We believe in open communion at Rinkin Church of God. That means that if you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, if you just did that 90 seconds ago, or if you've done that many times, been following Him for many years rather, we invite you to share with us in communion today. Has everybody been served? Anybody still need elements today? Anybody else? Here's what's beautiful today about this word koinonia. The Greek word for fellowship. One of the words for koinonia is communion. So when you find the word communion in 1 Corinthians 10, and it says the cup of blessing which we bless, is this not the communion of the blood of Christ? Is it not the communion of the body of Christ? That word communion is the same Greek word as fellowship, koinonia. So when we come together and we take the, the bread and, and, we, and we take the juice that represents the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And he did it around the table with his 12 best friends even though he knew one would deny him and one would betray him, he still broke bread and shared the cup with them. Today, we come to the table of the Lord thankful of what we have heard, thankful of what we have seen, and thankful today that we know Jesus is our Savior. Amen. Father, we thank you for the bread. This bread, Jesus, represents your body that was broken for us. And Lord, today we break this bread in our fingers today to represent the broken body of you, Jesus. We thank you that in your brokenness we are made whole.
In Jesus' name, as we receive the bread today, may you make all broken things whole. May you make all things new as we receive this bread. In Jesus' name, will you receive the bread today? Thank you, Jesus, for your body that was broken for us. Turn that cup over. Take the top off. Lord, we thank you today for this small cup of juice that symbolizes your blood that was shed on the cross. Your word says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So we know, Lord, that the whole reason you came, what we've talked about the last month, that you came to be our Savior. And so today, Lord, as our Savior, we thank you for laying down your life. But as we heard from one of our children today, the whole reason why you came was to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you today for your blood that was shed to forgive us of our sins and heal us of our diseases. And we receive it today in Jesus' name. Receive the blood. Receive the juice today in Jesus' name. Now after you've received that, if you'll just set that to the side behind you, let's worship together today.
today that Lord like John we can say we have heard the truth Lord today we are witnesses to say we have seen the miracles and today Lord the day before we celebrate you coming to earth <laughs> Lord we can say we know the Savior and God I just pray your richest blessings upon every family here today, every person is here today, Lord, that over the next 24, 48 hours, Lord, as we enjoy time and what this season represents, the Lord, we would experience in a special way, God, your presence and your grace and your favor. Thank you for what you've done in this place this year. We look forward to what you're going to do in the year to come, and we give you all the praise for it. Somebody give Jesus a big hand of praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being in worship today at Rinkin Church of God. Merry Christmas. God bless you. We'll see you back next Sunday.